Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. I'm your host, Trevor, and I love the Omni-Man memes. Send them to me on Twitter. <laughs> Where's Blade? <laughs> yes, that, that one's the best. I, have either of you seen that, that episode? It's the final episode of the series, of season yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That particular, there's there's two memes that are running around, and that's the one where he's talking to Will in the car, and the ones that, that one, Where's Blade, Feige, that one just cracked me up super Strong. I just I laughed so hard. Uh, it's the simple pleasures, really. I've I've read the comic. I knew that I know the entire all the plot lines. Everything is you know following as planned. But there was a brief moment where even I in episode eight thought that Omni Man was going to kill Will. Like I, the, the, there was like palpable tension in it for me. I was like, oh jeez. So anyway, I I loved season one of. of uh, I'm Jay, and I also enjoyed season one. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm Josh, and my only disappointment in season one of Invincible is that it didn't get to the relationship I care most about. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm sure. So I'm currently rereading the uh, <laughs> the comics. And I guess this is an indication of, like, how little I care about Mark's love interests. <laughs> but, so, in the in the cartoon, his the, the love interest he has at the start of the show is a different race than the one that... Uh, than the comic. Than in the comics, right? So, she, I'm reading the comics. Not, not only that, she ha- she has a very different personality. It's it's not just that they're they're they are uh, so yes, different. Yes, that's true. That's true. They are very different. Um, and so I'm reading the comics, and like Mark is invincible, is talking to a girl, and I'm like, I'm not really sure which one of these two female characters I don't really care about he's talking to right now because they both look <laughs> so similar to me in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> so that I'm sure funny. you would be very disappointed in me josh but i am curious when it actually gets to the adam use plot line if if this time uh i i have more interest in it or etc so like uh, you're just, curious if you'll have connected with it more from yeah. the show then yeah that is interesting i mean that will be interesting to see she's a different character in the show too it has a very different attitude yeah. i don't know if that's just the early seasons being played out a little bit differently and it's going to change a little bit one of the later seasons. You know, she, she has kind of a different... She gives you a different vibe. You know, she has a different vibe on the TV show. Not not in a bad way, just different. 
which is good. I I do like that they've embraced some of these characters in a more I want to say a more passionate way, and and maybe adjusted them a little bit for the voice actors, which is also a good move. So oh sure. So we're we're ready to talk about the second half of, of round three. Is that correct? Yes, we are. Okay. Well, what's our what's our first property? Uh, let's talk about uh, X Men versus the MCU. Well, this is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> first of all, yeah. First of all, I, this is a one of this our greatest X-Men failures comics? in seeding this bracket, in my opinion. I why? don't know why they because why are the X Men this far? They shouldn't even be this far. Uh, who have they beaten so far? Uh, they beat the Pathfinder RPG and they beat Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, th- so I mean, we basically gave them buys all the way to this. <laughs> I think you guys are wrong. I actually think the X Men have a pretty important impact on a lot of people. What? I think this is a you big don't need game. to be. You don't need to be grouping me in with Josh on this. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't I, get over. It. I, I just feel about Cyclops the way Jay feels about Jeremy Renner. So you know that probably blinds everything. But I, <laughs> oh, that's fair, I guess. I I like a lot of the X Men, um, both old and new. I I actually do share the hatred of Cyclops that Josh has, um, but which is only X- natural. <laughs> the X-Men were I mean they were really the comic that got me into comics I mean I read a little bit of comics as a kid my my mother would buy me a comic when we'd go to the grocery store you know I would have the various uh, just the, the not comics comics stuff like I have some like a goofy comic and a, a Huey Dewey and Louie comic and you know stuff like that that she bought when I was um, for me when I was young but the first time that I started reading comics really as a series was when I got into X-Men. I mean, they have... I wouldn't probably have read Invincible if it weren't for X-Men. I'm probably going to be voting for X-Men. They have a bigger impact on me than the MCU has, even though I know they're not going to win. Uh, I mean, I guess it's tough for me because there's it, there really isn't any comic that has had... Uh, even, like, the best comics I've read haven't had uh, as much impact as, like, the best movies, so... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my biggest, one of my biggest frustrations in life is how badly they have screwed up basically all of the X-Men movies. Even the the first one that most people praise and like. I do enjoy it, but it just feels it feels mediocre at best. Um, I enjoyed it a lot when it came out. It's it's definitely, like, a little showing its age now. Um, and I liked the second X-Men. The issue is that... Like anytime it's like, okay, now we're going to do Dark Phoenix or whatever. It's like, oh my God, we can never do this storyline right. <laughs> and it's just a <laughs> huge part disaster. Of, I believe right, cluster is, a, is the word you're looking for. Right. It is a huge disaster. And the thing that always blows me away is, is the fact that they do not, they, they've never even come close to pulling from the source material. Yeah. Like it's so weird to me. Even the, the latest one. They've decided to pull more from the 90s um, animated series, Dark Phoenix, than they did from the comic. It, it just it boggles my mind. And you I, you said that like one of your big regrets in life is that there hasn't been good X-Men movies, but like I think that Days of Future Past is a fantastic movie. I, I agree. That one is... That yeah. one, and those, that one and Logan are the two that I think are the best. And, and Days of Future Past, 
you will you'll bring it up, I'm sure, but I'm going to beat you to the punch and say it is better than the comics that it's based upon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. but they pull it directly from the comics in many ways. They pull many of the notes from the comics, and then they add to it, and they made it better. And, and uh, yeah, that one's a fantastic movie. If I could just take that movie all on its own and say, okay, this is the movie I love, then that's great. But the problem is, is that you get to all the movies around it, and, like, First Class is just paced poorly, and and I don't even want to talk about Apocalypse. <laughs> Who and does, that, really? And that could have been a really great movie. I mean, it has kind of all the things that would have made it great, and then they just kind of, like, I don't know, half-ass it at the end. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> a movie that, like, I watch it, and, like, I really want this to be great, and I'm done, and, like, I don't really understand where things went wrong other than they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the part that one of the parts that's very hard for me to ignore, and I think a lot of the fans had a hard time ignoring, was the costume for Apocalypse. I mean I saw mm. I saw people all over the internet who were like, We're gonna cosplay Apocalypse and they made better costumes, you know, in <laughs> in their basements right. than than uh, Fox Pictures did. Well they also uh, from all the, all the different things I've read about that movie, too, was there was just... The the director was a really bad choice, and um, there was lots of drama between him and the cast, and hopefully by this point he's done working in Hollywood, but I guess we'll see. I'll definitely be voting for the MCU, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's really a no-contest vote for me on this one. You know, MCU gets it, but, uh, but I, I do have a lot of history with X-Men comics, Kind of like Trevor was talking about. I mean, they are some of the only comics that I have quote unquote collected. I've never been a competent collector. I won't even pretend otherwise. But, you know, them and Spider-Man are some of the comics that I've read the most of back in the days of reading comics in in their physical form, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I think I've had more memories come about with um, the MCU than than any of these other properties that we're talking about. So, yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, I, I mean, I fully expect the MCU to win, but I think it, I, and I understand why it'll. Win. I just feel like in some alternate universe somewhere, they made great X Men movies, and it would have, you know, swept the bracket like the MCU was going. Yeah, right. Perhaps in an alternate universe where Neanderthals were the dominant race. <laughs> just working on my callbacks. <laughs> Yeah, if you ha- if you don't know what he's talking about, that's because you missed the bonus episode. Subscribe to us on Patreon. <laughs> Real quick, speaking of the MCU, there is uh, lots of um, MCU news. Lots of MCU news. Yeah, is is what are you guys most excited about? <sighs> I think I think I'm still probably most excited about Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange. Mm. I, I love the I love the title of the the next Black Panther like Wakanda Forever, but you know I don't know if that counts as legitimate excitement for anything. I have to admit that it's probably um, Thor: Love and Thunder or whatever it's called. Okay. Um, especially because I'm assuming it's going to include the Guardians of the Galaxy, which yeah, have yeah. become my favorite MCU um, property. Property. Um, if it's not that, then it's, then it's Guardians of the Galaxy. I will say that I am intrigued by Eternals. I know very little about the uh, comic book uh, counterparts. I was uh, super glad for a recommend on our Discord channel 
uh, and I'm reading the Neil Gaiman run of Eternals right now, and it's it's fascinating. It's like, hey, remember when you thought that Guardians of the Galaxy was like the weirdest, most esoteric comic book property we could bring <laughs> to the movies? We're gonna do we're gonna do you one weirder here. I I am looking forward to probably Eternals the most. Uh, partially, I guess, just because I'm buying into the hype that they're generating. So we will see. I'm just, I'm excited to have Marvel movies again. Yeah. And it there's feels be, like and there's a lot of them. And yeah, it feels like they've got them lined up pretty close together. Like there's three releasing at the end of this year, back to back to back, basically a month apart, right? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, how could I forget? I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home is probably my top. I forgot that one briefly. <laughs> I'm an old man. Uh, I am excited for the Spider Multiverse. That would be good. So, uh, what's what's the next matchup? Uh, Magic the Gathering versus the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, man. The bracket got cruel this round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get cussed at quite a bit on Twitter from people who are like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, Trevor, I'm assuming you're going to go with magic. <sighs> Am I? I do I'm... really love the Lord of the Rings movies because they don't overstay their welcome. The books do. <laughs> um, and I don't have a great history with Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, this one's a little bit tough for me. I would, I would just say Lord of the Rings, but I did. There was a point in my life where I played a ton of Magic and enjoyed it a lot, and uh, now. Magic helps keep my cats in the lifestyle they are accustomed to. <laughs> I mean, it is important to have priorities. But I, I will say that I, like, if I had a block of time coming up and it was like my choice is to either play Magic or lo- watch a Lord of the Rings movie, uh, I would definitely watch the Lord of the Rings movie. What about you, Josh? You have a pretty similar history to Jay's in a way. Yeah, the, I mean, honestly, I, I have a, a feeling that recency bias is going to heavily influence my vote on this one. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, I have a pretty storied history with Magic the Gathering. I mean, it, frankly, other than Dune, was one of the more formative, you know, geek activities for me as a young, uh, as a young teenage Josh. You know, and I, I mean, I, I've done the stuff like, you know, I've, I've owned a Black Lotus and I, you know, sold it way too early many years <laughs> ago. And, you know, I've played it a ton, but like the last like serious play that I did of it has probably been over a decade ago, you know, like at a friend's 40th birthday party five years ago, we did a draft, you know, like a bunch of we were like basically uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite, you know, like (laughs) reliving our glory days in magic. But, um, back in my day, I could throw this deal. Yeah. But Lord of the Rings, I've just have enjoyed more recently, you know, like, I mean, it's, I watched all of them uh, off my anniversary on multiple occasions, you know, and now I'm starting to rewatch them with my daughters and, uh, you know, and they just hold up so well. Which is not to say that Magic the Gathering doesn't hold up. I mean, I still, when I when I do play it occasionally, I'm like, well, I still like this game, you know. I, I, I think I see warts on it a lot differently than I did many years ago, but 
So yeah, I, I think I think recency bias might pull me to Lord of the Rings the movies, and also guilt because I think I might end up voting for Civ over the Lord of the Rings books. You know, so <laughs> might end up being like a consolation vote kind of thing. I'm sorry I hurt you, baby. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I I don't have the relationship with Magic: The Gathering the two of you. I did not play it uh, much as a youth. Um, when it came out. Uh, I saw many of my friends. I, at the time, I was playing a lot of D and D. I was playing a lot of uh, paintball. Okay. Um, I was playing paintball basically every weekend, and I was playing D and D basically every night of the week. And I had multiple friends who basically sold all of their D and D books, their dice, their paintball guns, uh, all of their equipment. Scandal. Uh, their grandmother's paintings on the wall. Uh, they were selling furniture out of their basement. Like we called it gamers crack for a reason because it had the same effect on our friends that we thought the drug would have on our friends. Basically they were ruining their lives in our view to buy more magic, the gathering. It just seemed like there was never enough. They could never get enough. Um, I, I, I remember a friend, we were also, I was playing some 40 K at the time as well. We had a friend who basically sold all of his everything. He was selling all of his board games, um, uh, all of his 40K stuff, all of his paintball stuff. He sold everything. and he, uh, Every penny he made, he turned back into magic. And he had boxes and boxes and boxes filled with it. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I'm sure that he could have probably sold if, – if he had kept all that stuff, I don't know. I'm sure he could take one box of that stuff and probably turn around and buy back everything he sold. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I mean, this was this was uh, very early on. I can't remember, probably ninety. I don't know when Magic came out, but ninety two, ninety three. It was very early. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, but that same person tried to teach me Magic, and he wasn't very good at teaching games, and I just didn't get it. And I I tried playing a few games of it, and for whatever reason, it never clicked. Mostly probably because the person explaining it to me was poor explaining rules. Mm. And so I just. And then, you know, combine that with what I was viewing amongst my friends. And I just, I stayed away from it. And I stayed away from the temptation of it. Because <laughs> it's so funny. It seemed dangerous to me. Yeah. And and so it wasn't until probably, I don't know, I never got serious in Magic. But I never really played Magic until probably 2001. It's probably the first year I played it more seriously, 2002, somewhere there. And then from there on out, anytime I played it was more like, oh, we're having a league. Do you want to join? Sure. Hey, we're going to draft. Okay. You know, and I I would play here and there. But truthfully, Magic's not had a very big impact on my life. So I'll probably end up voting for Lord of the Rings because I've probably spent more hours watching them than I have playing Magic. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So what is um, the next matchup? Uh, Warcraft versus Dungeons and Dragons. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to feel funny about this vote. Like, Why? Well, because my history with Dungeons & Dragons is... Uh, probably the phrase I should use here is limited. Uh, I, like, I, I, at most, I've really only ever, ever played maybe some one-shots here and there. And I... You know, I played a lot of Warcraft, especially like Warcraft 2 and 3. As a matter of fact, at one point in time, my cousin and I broke the top 100, I think, on the Warcraft 3 ladder. So, I, you know, I had some skills once. I was something special once. <laughs> 15 seconds of fame. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I like I. I just love D and D, and maybe part of it again. This is probably influenced by my children thing. So, so Jay can use that as an additional excuse to not like D and D. I um I just love seeing my my daughter, my eighteen year old especially, just how much she enjoys D and D. You know, she's she's been in several campaigns, and it's just maybe it's when you like a person, you don't mind them telling you about their level seven, you know, pixie rogue or whatever, and going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> about that kind of stuff but i i feel like that's what's going to happen is that D will probably get my book and you know also honestly i i'm i'm like a lot of uh i don't know what i would call myself poser po- poser probably um you know that i've like really gotten kids hooked. kids ask your grandparents about the meaning of <laughs> but what i mean is like i've really enjoyed like um you know, critical role and and live p- playthrough podcasts of D and D. I mean, I basically I basically live D and D vicariously. What's what? There's probably have, a lot of people that's true for. Yeah, most D and D players have that one character that that's like their their favorite they've ever had of all time. Do you even have that? Do, what's the highest well, level character you ever had? Oh, uh, I don't. Probably not even three. Like, oh like you God. can ask me that question. I briefly played in a D and D campaign. When I lived in Phoenix, so this was 22 years ago, and I was playing like a halfling rogue, and I remember that he skipped down a dungeon corridor, and I don't think my DM was amused by that. And like, I mean, I think the DM that I was playing at the time is what I would describe as an old school DM, right? And so he promptly dropped my rogue into a pit trap. (laughs) As you do. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't even tell you that character's name anymore. I mean, oh, geez. I mean, the thing about it is like the other thing about D and D, like I've I've played a ton of D and D based computer RPGs, right? I mean, I think that counts. You know, the Baldur's Gates and and Neverwinter Nights and Icewind Dale, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, okay. Freak, even back in the um, oh shoot, pools of no, yeah, was it pools of radiance like a. Yeah, the gold box games. Yeah, like I have pretty fond memories of that one even. Uh, anyway, I don't, so like, you see, I, I have this like weird storied history with D&D. I mean, it's just been woven into, and also, I mean, frankly, I'm also voting for the 80s cartoon by voting for Dungeons and Dragons, in my opinion. That's true. That is the one thing I wish they would reboot. <laughs> I do too. Like, that one ridiculous Brazilian car commercial that used live acting version of that was like the most incredible thing that I remember seeing last year. So anyway, so there you go. There was my story of how my vote will probably go. So this Monday was week two of our, our new D and D campaign. And it is, uh, my, my first fifth edition campaign. Okay. And, it's, I mean, they have made, I, I will say that it, it does seem like it is, um, they've made improvements to the game. Fifth uh, edition is, is the best it's ever been from a mechanic standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Um, but like, it's just, I don't know, D&D, I, I will, I've, I've just come to accept the fact that I will always believe that D&D is a bad miniatures game that people mm. have nostalgia for mm-hmm. and you know it's it's fine i'm I'm enjoying spending time with friends but 
<laughs> Welcome to this edition of Jay's Damning with Faint Praise. The <laughs> the majority of D&D time that I have played has never involved a single miniature or a map. It's all been described. Theater of the mind. Yeah, theater okay, of the mind. Okay, so what, what percentage of your session would you say is uh, time uh, in a combat? Um... I mean, are you saying with my current group or uh, the whole or? Sure, just in the whole, sure. The whole. Mm, I think that's, I'm going to protest a small bit before I answer this question. <laughs> because it damns the system with your answer. Because, because combat takes too long, especially. <laughs> yes. Third edition, it took way too long. Um, but I'm going to say 75% of the time. Oh, jeez. It was crazy. Uh, anyway, you have like, to here. Here's the thing: you have to understand that a, that my introduction to D and D was during Second Edition, and it was very much a you know a very much a combat simulator in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, if and you we were young. Now they it basically is a combat simulator. Now everything is you know focused around like my uh, around combat. Yes. And you have to also understand that the, when the majority of time that I played was, I mean, I mentioned when I was back in the 90s, we were playing D&D every night. And not for short terms. We were playing for three, four hours every night. So and, what? And we were teens, so we enjoyed, you know, sure, combat. Yeah. It was our, yeah. it was what we were enjoying about the right. game. But some of my favorite stories, and I'm not talking about combat stories, I'm talking about you know, role-playing stories came out of that period. We did do hijinks and other things, um, and a lot of those things were resolved using combat rules, but um, it wasn't all just, you know, it's my turn, I, I slashed down, you know, at the dragon. It was other things, too. I I wrote a paper in high school, a, a story, a short story, based on one of our D&D play sessions. I guess, you know, I made my own little Dragonlance novel. But I got a great grade on it. My English teacher loved it, thought it was fantastic. But it was based on something that my character had done in one of our games. And it was did not involve combat, really. Do you have access to this paper still, Trevor? Yes, yeah, somewhere. Oh, you got to find it. I found, <laughs> my, I found my oldest daughter's, like, creative writing assignments from when she was seven years old. They were the most hilarious thing ever. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that your I... stuff will be hilarious, but man, if you found it, I would, I would totally would subscribe to that discord channel and, or, Oh, paper. it's, it's probably really bad. I'm sure it is. I didn't say I was subscribing to it for, you know, good reasons. Um, I was a pretty good creative writer. But the funny thing is, is I, I turned that story in, in my junior year. Mm-hmm. And in my senior year, I was in AP English, and we were writing short stories again. And I wrote a different story and um, turned it in. And I was one of the only people in the class to get the five out of five on it. And a lot of the people in the class were very upset about their grades. And they said, you know, what do we have to do to get five stars? And and the teacher said, the teacher said, uh Oh, I don't know. Do you, would you like to read your story, Trevor, since you got five stars? And I was like, oh, oh my God. Thanks for thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> so anyway, I, I but then I got lazy. And the second time we had to write a story, I, I took the story that I had turned in as a junior about mm-hmm. my D&D character okay. and just basically retyped it and turned it back in for my <laughs> senior class. 
and she bled all over the page. She hated it. Thought it was awful. <laughs> uh, so I have same story. Got got wild praise from probably somebody who. Yeah, yeah, there. right. And right. then I turned into a more traditional literature teacher, and she, yeah, she. Got to know your audience, Trevor. Right? It, I, yeah. Well, I did not. Clearly, did not. <laughs> Amazing. I am. I am curious. With your most recent group, uh, what, what would you say is the percent just, of time that's, that's just spent the on combat, combat percentage question again? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna start asking this like in employee reviews and stuff. <laughs> Tell me what percentage of your time is spent in combat. So we're currently playing through um, a Pathfinder adventure called um, Rise of the Rune Lord, which is mm-hmm. quite a quite famous one. Yes. Um, and it's difficult to answer, I guess, because there are certain sections of the adventure that are very investigative, very role play, and then there are certain sections of the adventure which are clearly a dungeon. And you know, that's they're they're playing to their audience, so it's a little hard for me to answer that question because there are certain sessions where it's 100% combat, and there have been plenty of sessions where it's 100% uh, role play. Um, but I, if I had to guess, I'd say the current campaign is probably 50/50. Well, uh, for, for... For all the damning with faint plays that I've given, I'm, I'm obviously going to be voting yeah, for D&D. You're going to be because, voting for D&D. Oh, that's funny. Because Warcraft is the hottest wreck of <laughs> complete garbage. <laughs> and it, this is a difficult one for me because I spent basically from 2005 to 2010 where all waking moments that were not involved with um, work were involved raiding some dungeon in the world of I spent so much time during that time period. Uh, I mean, there's something to say that this podcast started in 2011, basically after I quit World of Warcraft, and all the time I spent in that, I spent playing War Machine instead. You know, I, I played some War Machine back while I was playing World of Warcraft, but really World of Warcraft ruled my day. I My schedule was based upon raids, but all that said, my youth was all Dungeons & Dragons, and I've played a ton of Dungeons & Dragons. And I have, you know, multiple favorite characters, and I still name user accounts after some of my characters, nice. and have pass- passwords based on some of my past characters. I mean, it's hard for this is going to be a very difficult one for me. All right. Well, what is the next matchup? Uh, the next one and the last one is War Machine and Hordes versus The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't realize how badly we were setting ourselves up to just, you know, deserve hate mail. <laughs> I'm kind of curious if our audience is going to propel on the War Machine on this one. I think they are. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about this? As I think about it, like, I have had probably as much joy or utility, as the economists would call it, right, from War Machine um, in a group setting, like, you know, as I've had with the Legend of Zelda series in a lone setting, right? Like, I've had a ton of enjoyment out of Legend of Zelda just on my own, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of been fun to watch my kids, um, you know, connect with the, the the modern one with Breath of the Wild, and, and they're even playing um, Age of Calamity now. Um, but I've had... I've had just as much fun and possibly more through War Machine, you know, in the past decade plus. It's just that it's like it's, it's almost like I'm voting for multiplayer versus single player. 
I'm, I'm, it's obvious which one I'm going to vote for because, uh, I've never played Zelda games. Right. Um, but I I am curious on, on which way you guys are going to vote. I will admit that it feels like a little bit of sacrilege to vote against The Legend of Zelda. Um, but. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like there was a but there, Trevor. Maybe a spiritual but. I, I, you know, I don't know how to answer this, I guess. Um, I missed a lot of the Legend of Zelda games, um, kind of in maybe what you would call its heyday, because uh, I played the original NES. I owned a Super Nintendo for some time, and then I got rid of it. And I did play the, um, I can't remember the name of the Zelda game that was on the S. Link to the Past, maybe? Uh, that's Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I did play that game, and I did enjoy it, but I didn't, I didn't beat it like I did the original. Um, and then I sold my Super Nintendo to get a PlayStation. And I stayed in the PlayStation Xbox universe uh, until we bought a Switch. Well, I did buy a Wii. but And, oh, I did play the first Legend of Zelda game on the Wii, but I hated it. Wind Waker? Is that, was that what it was? I just remember buying... Was it the one that was kind of the cart- uh, sort of a different, more cartoony art style? I don't remember. I just rem- This is what I remember. I bought the Wii because there was everyone, you know, there, there was this new Zelda game out. And I, was, and I had money. I was a little bit older. I'm like, oh, well, we're going to buy a Wii. I bought a Wii. Um, we played, you know, a bunch of bowling and other things. And I saw the, the Legend of Zelda game came out. I bought it. And I played a few hours of it. But by the time I, you, in that game, you had to take the Wii remote and swing it left and right to swing your sword. Right. And um, about two hours after it, I was like, I was so sick and tired of swinging the remote back and forth that I just, I put the game down. I never went back. I never played it. Oh, interesting. I didn't, I did the game was not worth having to swing that damn remote. (laughs) 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 I was like, like, this is not fun. It wasn't fun. You know, it was. It felt like it was trying too hard to, and this probably goes games. It was trying too hard to introduce the gimmick, a yeah, non, yeah. a non gimmicky game. I right. Mean, like, give me a, a Zelda game where I play and I explore, or give me a a gimmick. You know, like like Wii Sports, which I do enjoy. I still, we still, I still have a Wii. We still play it, but we, you know, the things that we play on it are not necessarily based on that gimmick. You know what I mean? They're they're or they are based on that gimmick alone, like we we baseball, etc. Um, so anyway, I just didn't enjoy that particular version. But then we bought the Switch and we got Breath of the Wild, and my kids have loved it. And I've for the short time that I have been able to play it, I have loved it. Um, but I missed you know Majora's Mask and and Ocarina of Time and and all of the console games, Legend of Zelda games that came out in between. Some of those I've played on like the the remakes that were on the 3DS, and, but I just haven't. I don't have nearly as many hours as I have in the War Machine Universe. Sure, not, right. not even close. I mean, this, it, you know, it'd be like 99% War Machine and Hordes, 1% Legend of Zelda. Most of my nostalgia for Legend of Zelda comes from the original game, which I've played through probably three or four times. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, I I honestly think I I'm gonna go. My vote will go with my co-hosts and with the listeners, which may be surprising. The one story that I will tell about Legend of Zelda that it affected me in a way that War Machine and Hordes never has and frankly never will, which is that it brought me to tears. Not that I haven't cried at War Machine and Hordes, but that's... <laughs> You've probably sworn more at That's War a different Machine. kind of tears. That is also true. That is also very true, <laughs> sadly. But I do remember playing Wind Waker and like the opening cinematic and like the instrumental of of the 
you know, the main theme of Zelda queued up and, um, I, I got misty eyed. I mean, it was just like, it was nostalgia, like in full effect, you know? And, uh, anyway, it, Legend of Zelda has woven itself into my family's life a lot more than, than a lot of things, you know, but I actually do think I will probably still make the war machine hordes a boat. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my both, I have my daughter still plays breath of the wild pretty frequently. And I don't know. I think I've mentioned this before. She is to the final boss in legend of Zelda, but she refuses to beat it. My eight year old has literally like fought the final boss uh, probably a hundred times because he, but like never finishes the fight because he doesn't want to. It's the weirdest thing to me, right? Yep. I'm like, yep. what are you talking about? Like, you you finish the game to finish the game. <laughs> they don't they don't want the adventure to be over. My daughter yeah. does not want the adventure to be over. She loves the game that much. Like, I, in my mind, I'm like, just finish the game and then go start another one. You know, that's if you love the game that much, that's what I would have done. I would have beat the final boss and then I would have went and started over. But she doesn't. She doesn't want to. Um, my son um, has probably beat the game twice. He's the type that will get to that final boss and then just on a whim decide that he wants to delete the game and start over. He won't create a new game. He'll delete his original one so that he can't <laughs> go back. Um, but I know he's beaten the final boss multiple times. He's played through it. So for them, it's a big deal. And I the the limited amount of time I've played Breath of the Wild, I think it's probably the best Legend of Zelda game. It's really good. Oh, it's remarkable. Yeah, like I mean, the honest truth is, like to me, the video game industry still just blows my mind in the amount of content that they can create. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, and Breath of the Wild is like a living manifestation of that in one game. Like there is so much content. Yeah, I mean, I. It's not like my daughter doesn't have anything to do. You know, she's beat everything, and all she has left is the main boss. She's she's doing things constantly. You know, it, that's probably why I will never finish Breath of the Wild. I'm too old of a man. Like I will come back to it. It'll be like any other RPG. I'll come back and go, "What was I doing?" And I just I'll play something that's easier to get back to. And I just I will never finish Breath of the Wild. I can right. Anyway, I I think that this vote will be close, but I I would not be shocked if our listeners, um, truthfully, are the majority of our War Machine Awards player probably uh, voted past Legend, which is a little surprising. All right, well, I'm curious to see how the voting goes. It will be exciting, uh, and we're is this going to be pretty quick where things just uh, we get to the, the final matchups and get to even more painful decisions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're only going to get harder from here. I mean, almost every vote from here on out starts to become a little bit of a heartbreaker. You're, you're voting against something that you really like. These are the kind of votes that, you know, they're the same kind of reason that I would play Call of Cthulhu-style games. <laughs> I just love the mental suffering. <laughs> Well, we're going to have a little bit of a delay, so I'm assuming we're going to have to talk about something else different next week. So uh, yeah, um, we may have a, a little bit of a hiatus while we talk about something else that we have enjoyed, and maybe, maybe we'll even rate it. <laughs> Stop.